Welcome to Max Storm Business Coaching for the Health and Fitness Professional Podcast, where you will hear and learn tips, tricks, and marketing secrets that will allow you to build your business from ordinary to extraordinary. Visit us at maxstormcoaching.com. Now, here's your host. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Max Storm Coaching. I'm Ashley Mazurek, one of the coaches, and I'm here with Jator Perea. He's out in California where his homestead is. Thanks for being here, listening to us. Again, the purpose of this is to educate you guys, motivate you, and inspire you, hopefully, to move in a direction you're already headed. And so hopefully today's interview, along with all the rest, can facilitate that move and inspire you to make the change towards a positive new direction and just be better. That's the whole purpose in life, and that's the purpose of me being here, and I'm sure Jator's too, is to make all of us a little bit better. Jator, thanks for being here. Um, if I can, I, mean, I know we're buddies, and we work at the same place where we educate uh, and our colleagues in the education field of teaching with the Czech Institute. But if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about the pieces and parts of you that I may not know or I may know that you can share probably a little bit better. <laughs> uh, well, first and foremost, I love uh, your introduction sounds very professional. Uh, I, found, I, I think I'm on the radio all of a sudden, so I'm, I'm, now I'm nervous. Like, I, do this right? I need a microphone like you have. Um, <laughs> uh, pieces and parts. Well, I think you have a, a lot of experience with me, uh, but I think what's most important, at least in this moment for me, is um, looking into... Uh, the undercurrents of what creates our life and what creates our business or our movement or our pain, etc. So I think that's probably the biggest part of me currently is uh, an explorer of what's underneath the surface. Uh, so interestingly enough, uh, this podcast, you and I, <laughs> people may not actually leave here feeling better. They might actually leave this podcast feeling worse, which is beautiful because uh, in my experience, most of us deny those feelings. So part of my purpose is to help people acknowledge their feelings and feel what's underneath the surface, which isn't always the most beautiful, joyous, nice, positive things. Uh, and my perspective on that quickly said is, uh, where's the only place that you get to see the stars? At night. So you get to see the stars when you dive into your shadow and you get to find your way out of the darkness by going into it. So is it fair to say that you're, you're a coach, you're a practitioner, and I, I know that you do the physical um, but I, my experience of you and based off what you're saying, uh, to people who don't know who you are, don't know anything about you is you really dive into individuals needs based off the mental emotional part of your coaching and question is how you, how did you, how did you venture, venture into knowing that that was your niche? Now, the purpose of today's call is going to be about fees structure and knowing the value of yourself so that you can hone in uh, what you feel like you're worth in charging, and we'll get to that. 
but you know, with Detour, we 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 love the outside version of of what's underneath everything. And so we are going to go there first, but eventually for those of you who are really one in the whole, like how's he deal with fees and structures and cancellations and contracts and all that jazz, we'll get to that. But what made you feel like the mental emotional side of your practice is where you wanted to lead and go and kind of nestle and settle into? Hmm. You know, I think uh, what led me down that path, quite honestly, is that um, I think from a, an outside view, typically people hear mentally and emotional or it's kind of housed under this idea of spirituality. And I think that actually turns a lot of people off or uh, creates maybe the perspective of this is um, uh airy fairy or, or alternative perspective or, or not uh, have any aspects of the truth involved in it. And, you know, what really drove me there is that as work, when I was working with people physically, uh, which I don't do uh, anymore, um, I was noticing that a lot of what was showing up in terms of their symptoms physically, whether that's a musculoskeletal issue or an autoimmune disease, um, or pain, chronic issue, etc., is all essentially driven by inflammatory processes in the body. And so we can look at inflammatory processes and we can say, well, that's interesting, cool. Uh, what drives inflammatory processes? Well, your lifestyle, right? So your water, your uh, respiratory mechanics, your movement, your lack of movement, uh, your nutrition, um, your sleep, all of those things. But then what is the driving force in terms of how you make decisions? What's the driving force in terms of what you feel like you're willing to do for yourself? What's the driving force in terms of uh, do you deserve to get a good night's sleep or do you deserve to give yourself good food? Well, in my perspective, that boils down to our mental and emotional state that boils down to our experiences of ourselves and uh, our stories typically from childhood in terms of how we believe we should navigate life and the attachments to the ideas that we learned in our family of origin, as well as in our social cultural programming, which create how we treat ourselves. So I would continue to work with people on the physical stuff, even looking at gut health, uh, but essentially said that there was no rubber on the road, at least from a long-term perspective. Maybe there'd be palatable, you know, um, short-term change. But long-term change, the issues would either show back up or be expressed somewhere else in the body. So I would work with a client and we're going through that process. And I started to just notice that this is driven by how they feel internally. This is driven by how they relate to themselves internally. This is driven in terms of how they feel about themselves and the relationships they're in. And, you know, we start looking at this from a social cultural perspective. Many of us are taught to live the life of a martyr. Uh, we will die for other people to live. That what, that's what makes you a morally good person, at least for a lot of our perspectives. This is why... The word selfish is the negative word in our language because selfish means you're actually taking care of yourself. And it's negative as 
most of society sees it because we've all been inundated with this idea of playing the role of the martyr, or a lot of us have. So when you start to look at someone's mental and emotional state, and that is actually then the driver of their interpretation of reality, that's their interpretation of stress, that's their interpretation of uh, what they experience outside of them. All of that also stresses the system and can cause imbalances, which can lead to inflammation, which could then lead to musculoskeletal issues, uh, chronic uh, autoimmune issues, fatigue, pain, etc. So I really had nowhere else to look. So I feel I was going to ask, how would somebody know if they needed a mental emotional coach? I know that in my own personal practice, because I do deal with the acute and chronic pain, physical nature of a body, I do enjoy that aspect of it. And I do believe that the underlying result of a physical manifestation that results in some sort of pain does lie in the mental, emotional, spiritual aspect of that individual, which is kind of the challenge for me. And I feel for practitioners that we work with, that we train to be where we are, is the challenge within time and the challenge within working on yourself to get to the point where you can allow yourself to go through that process of change and then have the challenge of getting your client to the point where they're willing to open and accept the nature of going deeper into that beautiful process that you handle with on a full-time basis. Now, you've been in this industry for a very long time. So my point is, I don't think somebody going on a weekend certification or a week certification can all of a sudden dive into doing mental emotional work. So what I'll ask you is, how long, if you can quantify it, how long do you think it took you to feel comfortable enough to dive into coaching people mentally, emotionally? And I say this because I had a class that I just taught and the practitioner wanted, had the need to coach people mentally, emotionally, but was not prepared or didn't feel educated enough or didn't have the word choices to feel confident and taking that next step with clients. So again, tell me what was your process or if you, you know, if you can put a timeline on it that gave you the confidence to dive deeper into the mental emotion and coaching, which surrounds the probably what I would say a hundred percent of the coaching that you do now. Yeah. I think an interesting paradox to that story is, um, I didn't really want to do it. Uh, I think it was, what is it now? 10 years. It's got to be 10 years ish uh, that I was working mainly just being a practitioner um, measurements, uh, strength and conditioning, corrective exercise, etc. And I actually referred out my entire business for all lifestyle coaching. I referred to an HLC three. And as that business filled up and as her business filled up, I essentially was pushed into it. Mm. So by her filling up, I essentially was left with no choice except for to take on clients in that fashion. And so as I started to do that work, um, I was looking for a mentor because one of the ways that I learn best is through 
another human being. I don't typically work, learn best through a book. And I like to hire other human beings who are really skilled at a skill that I want to learn. That human being that I hired happened to be JP. So uh, JP represented from a Czech Institute perspective and my perspective, what I wanted to be as a practitioner at that point. So as I started to work with him, really working with him, not as a mentor situation, not like, Hey JP, teach me how to do mental and emotional work. It was, Hey JP, be my coach. And that question actually lead led into me doing a mentorship, which is essentially getting coached by JP. So as I started to dive into that, I think what people are typically unaware of, especially if they're coaches, is typically what we want to offer other people is really a sign or a symptom of we, what we want to offer ourselves. So if you want to do mental and emotional coaching, what I really hear somebody saying is they want to start doing that work on themselves. They're afraid to say it in that language, so they want to project it onto someone else and say, well, I'm going to start helping people doing mental and emotional work. So my invitation around that is I don't know that there's any time frame for any given person because we're all different and different people are going to feel comfortable at different times. I would consider though that the deeper that you can dive into yourself and the more understanding and self-awareness you have, the more you'll have an understanding of what someone's showing up with, the deeper your understanding will be around the stories that they're actually hiding from themselves and all of the stories that they're not sharing with you. Because you've gone deeper into yourself, you'll be able to see these things more vibrantly. And uh, I think that's an important part that is, is missed that I don't think you actually can do mental and emotional coaching unless you're working on diving into yourself. I don't think it's a possibility. You can do it. I don't know how productive it will be or how deep it will be because if you haven't gotten to the point yet that you even recognize that most words that people saying are omission or blatant lying from a subconscious perspective, you're going to buy into their literal stories. So said in another way, you're never mad about what you think you're mad about. Your pain's never about what you think it is. And you're always deflecting with your words. <laughs> One interesting consideration is, can you speak words to anyone inclusive of yourself without seduction? My answer is no. Mm. Beautifully put. Thank you for sharing that. So <clears throat> we've, we're, we've talked about uh, building a business. And so I wanted to ask you, if your business is mental emotional coaching, you don't work out of a facility or rent space. And second question is, has it, have you ever investigated and give me your lovely opinion on having your own facility? Because I, I know your answer, but I want you to share it with everyone because it's very good. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so there's three questions there. I don't remember any of them. So I'll go with the one that seems to pop up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, keep up baby keep up up. I'm trying to keep up I'm a snail uh yeah so you know when I first was going through the Czech Institute I remember getting some coaching from a a faculty member which will remain nameless and that person said to me you know Jator no one's ever going to respect you unless you have your own facility and I was like huh wow 
Yeah, wow. And I, I took that on because at the time I wasn't yet like really clear internally yet. So I took that on. I was like, wow, okay, that makes sense. No one's going to take me seriously until I have my own facility. Interestingly enough, that became my dream or what I wanted to create. Oh, my own facility. And then uh, fast forward for about a year or two, I ended up living with a roommate. This roommate also had the same dream. And this roommate actually put it in, into practice, and created his own facility. So the beauty of that uh, experiment for me is I lived with a person who owned their own facility, and I got to see what that was like. I got to see how much work that was, how much effort that was, how much time that was, how much time he spent with clients, and then how much the rest of his day was spent on all of these other issues and, and you know, aspects of a business that have to be managed in some sense to just keep it afloat. We're not even talking about being successful. We're just talking about being breaking even. So when I saw that, I thought, eh, <laughs> that's not, that's not for me. Mm. And I let go of the idea of that for me to be respected as a practitioner of what I do, that I have to own my own facility. I think that's complete BS uh, simply because uh, my business is thriving now and I have basically no overhead. I do all my coaching over Skype or phone. I get to go on walks in nature while I'm working with clients. Um, it's, it's pleasurable. It's playful. It's joyous. And that's just me though. You know, I'm not, I'm not driven in that way to have my own facility and, and what that, means to me that actually means more stress and leads to me having an imbalanced life and my life is more about play and pleasure and fun and enjoying uh, and if you if that's your joy running a facility cool for you it's just simply not mine so no overhead uh, I do work in San Francisco two days a week and I do rent space uh, and there I have some in-person clients uh, that I spend time with in person. Um, I think that's two questions. There was a third one, but I don't remember. The third one. <clears throat> so, okay. So you, d you do rent space. Um, you do work out of your house with no overhead fees to consider. And mm -hmm. so just let me ask how much, just to put in perspective of the, the elite stature that I feel like you're at right now, how much do you charge per, per hour? 250. Okay. So you part charge $250 per hour. Now, it, what, how did you come up with that value for yourself? Yeah, that's a, a great question. Uh, at least for me, it is. Um, that took a long time uh, to get comfortable with. And I think that might be one of the most important lessons along this path that I've learned is that now, as I was going through the Czech Institute <clears throat> and other schools, <clears throat> I would constantly compete and compare with other practitioners. I would always look around when I was level two or level three and, and look at what other people were charging. And then that's what I would base my rate on, what other people are charging. So competing, comparing, and unconscious or subconscious to me, I had no idea that 
I was actually competing, comparing with these people. I wasn't coming from maybe a heartfelt space around what my rate uh, might be. <clears throat> so my business at that time wasn't as uh, thriving as it is today. And I was always really curious about that. And what I've eventually come to, uh, speaking with lots of other practitioners, and you, know, you and I both teach for the Czech Institute, so this question comes up a lot, is that the way to, in my perspective, the way to set your rates is to allow yourself to choose rates that most of you feels comfortable with and confident about. So if you choose a rate that, <clears throat> let's say someone's charging 300 and they have the same exact signs and symbols after their name that you do, <clears throat> and you're charging that rate, but yet when you say that rate out loud, you feel a sense of either fear or shame, I can almost guarantee you're not going to get many clients at that rate. So the exploration then becomes, wow, how do I start to listen to my inner wisdom around what's true for me and the stories I've created around what money represents to me, my family's value set around money, uh, my guilt or shame about making more money than my parents do, uh, am I worth the amount of money that I'm asking for? All of these things are going to bubble up subconsciously when you're setting a rate. Whether you're aware of that subconscious bubbling up or not is the key and the only way in my experience, or one of the only ways, to kind of start to feel into that is you literally have to get vulnerable with yourself. You have to be willing to say, I feel a sense of shame, or I feel a sense of fear, or I am afraid of making more money than my dad makes, or I'm afraid of making more money than my mom makes. How are they going to feel about that? And how are they going to feel from a child's perspective, the inner child in you, not the adult perspective. So all of that stuff needs to be considered, at least in my perspective, around how do you feel when you actually speak your rate? So now I'm at a point where, let's just say, 90% of me feels very comfortable with 250 an hour. So that's my current rate. And then I've also played with the idea of a sliding scale when it comes to mental and emotional coaching. Because what's important to me is that most of my clients are millionaires or very well off. And while that's cool, there's a lot of other people that I think want to do mental and emotional work. So how do I create a system that I still have a smile on my face when I get paid I'm honoring all that parts of myself and I can reach more people to help them reach themselves. So my sliding scale has been created. And then I also created a semi weekly, I think it's called, it's twice a month, a coaching call. And that coaching call is basically 50 bucks a person. And I created that to kind of offer something to people who can't afford even my sliding scale. I get a bunch of people in. Right now I have 25 people on my coaching calls. 25 times 50 is, I don't know what that is, but that ends up being a really good, that ends up being more money than I charge per hour for these two hours a month that I spend. So what I'm essentially saying is I just started to notice my rigidity around rates 
and my fear and shame around not being enough to ask for what I wanted. So I started to do inner work. And then I started to set rates that felt clean and clear to my heart. And as that grows, I just keep setting new rates as I get clearer and clearer inside of what feels good to Jator, not what feels good to Ashley or what feels good to any other Czech practitioner. What feels good to Jator has been my most important um, North Star. So there's been a, a comment and a question that in the past, and you're, you're aware of it because I think the question was when you were in class with me, if you lived in Florida, you know where I'm going with this. If you lived in Florida versus the California, which it takes a lot more money to live, would you still charge the same amount of money? <clears throat> uh, personally, I would. Um, awesome. And uh, the reason being is, you know, here we're talking about money, right? And we're being, maybe some people are hearing this, we're being very literal about money. And real, the real question is, is what does money represent to you? What does it mean to you? And what are your undercurrent stories around those ideas? Because that's actually going to be, in my perspective, what's going to allow how much money flows to you. If money simply energy, then I'm not worried about whether I live in Florida or whether I live in California. Because as soon as I start to create those stories, as soon as I start to buy into the story of, I can't charge what I charge in Florida that I can charge in California, I'm literally proliferating that idea. And any person that I meet in Florida, if that is a perspective of mine, I'm going to project that perspective onto the person. So I'm going to think internally, oh, this person's from Florida, they can't afford my rates, so I need to lower my rates to meet with this person. But I haven't even tried yet to let that story go and just represent where I feel like I'm at. So I'll create a story of it's about that person not having the rate or not having the money to work with me, but really that's, that's not the story. Mm. The story is about my own fear and shame that I project onto them, which inhibits me from asking what I really want. And so you said you have a sliding scale. Do you have packages? Uh, no packages. So I do. Uh, so if I'm going to do like the whole shebang with somebody, let's say gut health, lifestyle, mental and emotional coaching, uh, that's 250 across the board. A lot of people reach out to me, though, simply only for mental and emotional coaching, depression, anxiety, uh, fear, stories, etc. When it's just mental and emotional coaching, I'll do a sliding scale of 150 to 250 an hour. The most fascinating thing about doing a sliding scale, which I think is hilarious because I don't do it this way, but I think a lot of people actually feel a sense of shame of paying the lower end of the scale, which I find so amazing. So they'll still pay in the 200s and, and 250s, even though I have a sliding scale. And that is super fascinating to me because they, they feel a sense of shame of, and I've heard this, 
um, oh, you know, Jator is going to feel bad about the session that he didn't do a good job if I'm not paying him this rate. But the sliding scale is, is, is literally created by the aspects of Jator that anywhere in that scale, I have a smile on my mouth or a smile on my face because I wanted to set a rate that anywhere in there I felt comfortable and I love mental and emotional work. So 150 to me is like for mental and emotional work. Mm. If I'm going to do a physical assessment on somebody, oh, you better believe it's 250 because I don't, it's not, I'm not really that excited about doing it. Mm. And I'm honest about that. So even on my website, any client that works with me literally has to earn their way into doing physical work with me, which means you have to fill out this paperwork. We have to work on lifestyle. We have to work on nutrition and we have to look into your mental and emotional state or I'm not touching you with a caliper or any other measuring tool. Hmm. And it's a really cool way to do it for me because when I do it that way, their pain usually disappears anyway. Hmm. And they were like, okay, well, do you want to do physical? I'm like, yeah, I think physical is cool. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> And so let me, let me veer off. Do you, uh, how do you deal with cancellations? Do you have a policy on that? I have a 24 hour cancellation policy. Um, it is strict and rigid <laughs> uh, because look, simply said, I'm on, the phone, on, on Skype with you right now and I'm having a blast and we're having fun and you're one of my best friends on the planet. So if I was to put a, a monetary amount on this hour, it would be astronomical. It'd be hundreds of thousands of dollars. It'd be priceless. I also know that I'm not guaranteed to be here in a minute. My next heartbeat isn't guaranteed. My next breath isn't guaranteed. We all buy into the illusion that it's guaranteed, that I'll be here tomorrow, that I'll be here later today. But I don't know if that's true or not. So my time is extremely valuable because I don't know if I, how much I got left. So if you cancel, you're paying. <laughs> Unless there's like a, you know, a death in the family, a car accident, something le legitimate. But my experience of loosening that 24-hour up I start to resent people really resenting myself because I'm not setting healthy limits and boundaries. And then people take advantage of that, which makes sense. I take advantage of it too, but really they're not taking advantage of me. I'm setting myself up and teaching my clients how to treat me. I don't want to be treated like that. You know, Jator, I'm actually a little bit disappointed in you because that's a little bit of a mainstream answer as far as cancellations. <laughs> Well, one of my most defiant sides is to disappoint people. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then the one of the last topics uh, that is really interesting with your answer is typically we as practitioners, trainers, offer consultations to see if the rapport with that individual is something that will work. Uh, or something that won't work, and we can make a decision at that point whether or not we choose one 
choose to work with that person or refer out to them. And typically, consultations are free. And so let me hear your version of consultations and whether or not you charge for them. Yeah, you know, back to this idea of my time. Again, it's not guaranteed. So uh, I used to not charge for consults, uh, half an hour consults. And typically, if I, when I wasn't charging for half an hour consults, it would usually become an hour anyway. So let's just say an hour consult. Mm. And I don't know what your experience is, but my experience of doing the type of work that I do, um, you know, let's say nine out of 10 people after a consult are a go. Yes, Jator, I want to work with you. Awesome. I send them the paperwork and then nine out of 10 were a go. Let's say three of those typically will fill out the paperwork and continue on. So that's a loss of... Uh, my math is extremely good. Um, nine, it's a loss of about seven hours of my time, let's say. So seven hours of my time of my free time that I'm not guaranteed uh, was given away and these people balk. They don't fill out the paperwork and they disappear and I've now wasted an hour of my time, at least in my perspective. It's not fully a waste, but from a monetary perspective, let's just say it's a waste. Yep. So when I started to add up how many consults I would do in a year and how much time that was and how much time I was spending sharing my heart, my mind, my knowledge, and wasn't getting paid for it, I decided to implement a half an hour consult, which I stayed to, and I started to implement a charge for that. So I charge $100 for a half an hour consult. So now, even if I have nine people say they're a go and seven of them disappear because they get the paperwork or whatever their story is, I still am making $700 for my one, two, basically two and a half of hours. That's legitimate money to do other things that I want to do, like travel, play, take courses, have fun go to hockey camps. So my time is worth and worth something is extremely valuable. The other thing that I would guess that you know in your own practice is that in a consult, you may not be the right fit for the person. But I guarantee you, Ashley, that you know someone that's the right fit for the person mm. or you know someone to send them to. That is value in and of itself. If you have a network of excellent people who have all kinds of skills that you don't have, who might be great for this person, who this person would never find unless they met you, that's worth money and time and effort. So sometimes I get paid $100 to refer someone. Just because I can hear what they're saying, I'm like, oh, you need to go see this person. So I just don't, I don't, I don't want to resent people literally resent myself about people. So I started to charge for my uh, consults. And interestingly enough, I get more consults and I get more people filling out the paperwork now that I'm charging for my consult. <clears throat> yeah, you, 
every time I talk to you and I hear your words, it is, I'm so glad that you're on here today because there's so much value in everything that you've shared. And I feel like it's not, it's not what a lot of people do. And because you do it and share such valuable words and why you do it, and the, the fact that you've done so much work on yourself and show you how much respect you have for yourself and what you do, I'm hoping that encourages people to take on those same type, type of systems. Uh, it, they're invaluable. And I appreciate your time today and sharing all your wisdom. Um, what I'm going to suggest to the people listening, that you, if you have more questions wrapped around these types of ideas, Jator is going to be coming back because him and I have some amazing discussions wrapped around some deeper issues that I feel like every time I get off the phone with you, I'm like, boy, so many people needed to hear that because as much as it helped me, it can help so many others. And which is why I brought you on here because I know that your information is is invaluable and I don't know of anybody else that they could get that from. But MaxStormCoaching.com, there is a section that you can scroll down to and make comments or suggestions on topics. Jator will be back with us. I don't know when, uh, but he will to talk about other stuff. He is a mental emotional coach. And Jator, if you would, share your details, your digits, your email or website or whatever you have to offer that if somebody had um, some interest in you, whether it's just be nosy about what you uh, offer and charge and look like and pursue in your life, uh, what would uh, be some information they could find some on you? Well, my, my birth date is 62377. I'm 6'1, 190 pounds of tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> 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 my website's uh, wehlc.com. My YouTube channel. Uh, Explorer which is super fun and weird. Uh, Facebook is Jator Pierre. Uh, and I think a lot of the stuff that I was sharing today, uh, why it's important for me is, um, you know, Ashley, I'm learning to accept and acknowledge uh, more and more aspects of who I am. And as I learn to do that, Uh, It becomes more and more apparent to me to set healthy limits and boundaries in terms of how I want to live and function in life. And that's inclusive of my business, um, partnerships, business, relationships, intimate relationships, family. So really learning to find my own value sets and my own way of living life, not the ways that I've been inundated with. And not that they're good or bad, but really trying to carve my own way through respect not defiance, which is another topic we can get into some other day. Great. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for being here. Love you. Thank you. All right. Bye, podcast. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play so you don't miss a single episode. This podcast is brought to you by MaxStormCoaching.com. Head over to our website or social media pages and download free documents, forms, business tips, and tricks that will help take your client-based business to that next level.